0: Welcome to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast. This episode comes from the Rush Student Conference. The following message was titled, Who Brings the Thunder? And was spoken by Adam Shaw. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about the Rush Student Conference, visit us at rushstudentconference.com. I'm just gonna jump in the word if that's okay. Is that all right? I love everybody. Hope you love me. Okay? All right, cool. Psalm 29. this is like the most it's the most like intense psalm ever. Uh, let's just read it. It says, "Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty. give unto the Lord glory and give strength." Give unto the Lord glory due to his name, worship the Lord, and the beauty of holiness. Pretty standard, but uh, verse 3 is where it kind of picks up a little bit. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters, and the God of glory thundereth. The Lord is upon many waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yea, the Lord breaketh the cedars of leaven. other translations says he shatters. I was tracking with this whole psalm until we got to God speaks and trees explode. I mean, you think about this literally. It's the visual is pretty stunning. He maketh them also to skip like a calf and I do not have the dexterity or the physical fitness to show you what that looks like but Lebanon and Syria whole countries are jumping like cows that are frightened the voice of the Lord divided the flames of fire God speaks and lightning bolts are sent across the sky the voice of the Lord shaketh the wilderness the Lord shaketh the wilderness of Kadesh Verse nine, the voice of the Lord maketh the hinds to calve. That means deer to start giving birth, spontaneous deer births in the woods. Imagine being in the deer stand when that happens or for the city folks seeing it happen on YouTube later, because you don't go outside discovereth the forest in his temple doth everyone speak of his glory. The Lord sitteth upon the flood. The Lord sitteth king forever. The Lord will give strength unto his people and the Lord will bless his people with peace. With God's help, I wanna to preach to you, hopefully in answer to a simple question, who brings the thunder? Let's pray. Jesus, we love you. You're in this room, and God, you're going to move on us and speak to a generation. I pray, move through your word. Give me clarity of mind and of word and of speech, but give us hearts to receive. May at some point, in a point of your choosing, God, may the word cease to be mine. And may they be yours. Take over my mouth and move. I pray in the name of Jesus. And everyone say Amen. You may be seated. It's a pretty, it's a pretty intense psalm. I mean, trees explode, deer spontaneously giving birth. I mean, it's lightning bolts, stuffs on fire, floods are everywhere. With a text like this, it seems far more appropriate for like an H Y C closeout, you know, our brother green to preach the, the text cause he has better cardio than I do. And he was doing circles and stuff and, and running around while he was preaching. I was like, if only I could do that and not feel like my heart was going to explode, that would be wonderful. You know, the text like this, it's like it closed out a youth convention. Everybody's mosh pitting for Jesus and you know, frying like bacon on the floor, like, ah, you know, just going crazy. And it seems like a strange text for the focus and the purpose of today at rush, which is a day dedicated to those that serve and lead and aspire to ministry and aspire to make a difference. It's a strange text for a message that's geared to leaders and those desiring to be involved in kingdom work, at least at face value. That is until you begin to dig into the story behind the text and discover why David wrote this psalm in the first place. Why David, under the inspiration of the Spirit, would put pen to parchment and craft this song of of God's glory and thundering like almost a cannon in the sky. And all of a sudden, when you know that why, when you have that backstory, Makes a whole lot more sense as to why we're going to be talking about it today. See, this psalm is what theologians call a polemic or an attack against the pagan god of Baal. It's not just a rah-rah, let's break out the lyre and harp and the hand cymbals in the temple and let's throw down for Yahweh. It's, it's a concerted attack against the god of Baal. See, the Jewish people were to be monotheistic. That means, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. You'd have no other gods before him. No idols. God says over and over again, I am the only God. I am the only one. Besides me, there is nothing. There is no one else. And they were to look to God As the source of all life, the sustainer of everything, the creator of all, the one who had all power. But there was within their history a constant flirtation with Baal worship, often not to fully abandon God, though sometimes they did, but but to add to their worship of God, the worship of Baal. It begs the question, who is Baal? Well, Baal is a Canaanite God. He was the Canaanite God of fertility. And Canaan was the land that God said to Abraham, I'm going to give this land to you and to your people and It's the land that God led the children of Israel after 400 years of Egypt to. And then it's that same land where he commanded them to drive out the inhabitants of the land and drive out the worship of all false idols. But we see throughout their history, this sad repetitious, this cycle, this this cycle of failure and idolatry where Israel would worship the very culture they were called to dispossess. Bowing at the altar of things they were supposed to drive out of the land. And here's what's crazy about Baal Baal is always pictured as riding on clouds. He was the guy who brought the rain, he is pictured as the one who shows up when you hear the thunder clap in the sky when you saw the lightning streak or even at times strike the earth it was said that that was Baal that brought the blessing and the lightning the rain Baal was the god of rain he was the one who brought the blessing he's the one that it was the one whose presence kissed the earth and caused what was planted to grow. He's the one that brought the fruitfulness to the human efforts. In short, Baal was the false idol of growth. It seems so silly. You know, God's the maker of heaven and earth. Pillar of fire, pillar of cloud, all the prophets. I Me, mean, Goliath getting knocked down. Philistines driven out. But Israel fell for it time and time and time and time again. They fell for this false idol of growth time and time and time again because he felt more tangible and more real at times than God, I suppose. He felt like more tactile than God. See, biblical belief is inherently faith-driven. It's believing in things you cannot see. It's obeying a voice that you cannot see a God that you've never seen. You've got to trust and obey often before results or demonstration come and it's easier to root your life. It's security, it's purpose, it's meaning, it's growth, it's fruitfulness, and tangible things over the seemingly intangible, invisible God. So in the face of cultural temptation, and human desire for tangible objects to root and define life. David, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he takes the imagery that was used to describe the work of this false god of growth and applies it exclusively to the God of heaven. He takes the words, the verbiage, the imagery that Is used in the Canaanite text that's used in the cultural literature to describe Baal. And he says, I want you to understand, Israel, that it is not Baal. It is not the God of growth. It's not this God of fertility. Only God can make the rain fall. Anything else that's promising results like this simply cannot deliver its lie. Only David shouts to all who would hear. Only God can bring the thunder. Only God can bring the display of power. Only God can make things grow. See, there is a desire in all of us to see growth and fruitfulness in our lives. There's a desire... To see fruitfulness in our ministry. I doubt there's a single person in here from the most experienced in ministry to the newest in faith that would say, I want to waste my life. Nobody wants to waste their life. Everybody, when they look back over the years and months that seemingly go by so fast, they want to look back and They want to see that something has been accomplished with the work of their hands that they've given their time and their energy and their emotions into something that makes a difference to matter to have what you do matter to have what you make matter to have who you are have results. It's a desire for growth, but more than even a desire for growth, there is this innate desire to experience glory within us all. There is this innate desire to behold something transcendent, to see something that defies comprehension, that dwarfs us to behold power and be part of something that can shake the world and bring the power structures of culture to its knees. And we all have this desire to see something transcendent to be in the presence of glory and power and that is universal throughout the ages and while thousands of years have passed and while the names of the pagan false gods have long been forgotten. The desire to commit your life, your faith and your ministry into the tangible hands of human made things I don't believe has gone away for a moment. And I'm preaching this message here today for the same reason that David put pen to paper, and that is so that we would, at the end of this, turn our eyes away from the things that we can make for ourselves away from the tangible things that that we use to construct and define our life by and turn our hearts towards the glory and power of God because there is a battle we must all fight and we will all face to root the success of what we do for God and things that we can make with our own hands to serve growth over God to serve growth over God, to sink our belief in other false gods, tangible things. We, if we can have this, it'll bring the thunder. If we can have that, it will bring the thunder. This will bring the chains, the transcendence I'm longing to see in my youth group will happen if there is growth, growth in me. Let's make it practical. If I could just grow, then I will be more powerful. If I could just grow, then I will have greater effectiveness. If my youth group or if my church was just bigger, if I just read more, then my ministry will bear fruit. If I can just be more organized or more together, if then I will have a more powerful ministry. If we just had better, things or resources or money if we could put our hands on some more effective methods in our life and in our church then we could see the hand of God we would see the fruitfulness come don't get me wrong I believe the church did innovate I, I, I believe for far too long we've hit copy and paste on the broader world and we've just we've not truly innovated and I I believe that we got to be creative and I think you need to read and I think you need to be passionate about growing yourself but I'm not talking about the activity that you undertake I'm not talking about having an Amazon wish list. I'm not talking about setting goals I'm not talking about working hard I'm not talking about self-improvement I'm not talking about your activity I'm talking about the placement of your faith when it comes to where you think the fruitfulness of your life will come. See, because here's why we struggle. We struggle because not only are the gods of growth more tangible, not only is more money in our youth groups, more intelligence in our heads, more books in our library, more money in our bank account, just better things, better stuff. Not only do those things seem more tangible and more able to deliver the results we crave, but we struggle with this idea. And even some of you are struggling right now. I can, I can feel it. The reason why we struggle is in this psalm, only God is mentioned. Only the Lord only Yahweh is the central character of this psalm. There are no heroic mentions of God's people in this display of power. There is no glory at the hands of one of Scripture's heroes that's talked about in this passage. And I believe the reason why we at times struggle with rooting our faith in the glory of God Over the work of our own hands is because, especially within our generation, there is a desire to be seen as successful, to be seen as effective. There is a desire to be known and to have fame. I am, let me just say this, I am abundantly cautious of anyone or anything claiming to speak for God that is at the same time attempting to glorify themselves. Because those two things should never be. We are never to uphold or to lift up ourselves as being anything all and further leaders in the room we've got to evaluate our methods and we must question our motivation are we turning are we bringing simply crowds to our assemblies or to our P7 clubs or are we turning crowds into disciples who is being put on display with your life who are you lifting up with your life is it your talents? Is it your abilities? Is it your ministry, your brand? or is it God? And just for free, you don't have to repost every compliment someone ever gives you of things you do for Jesus. It's entirely possible for you to do something for God and no one know or for others to see and you not have to share it. So all the people that you know will know too, right? You don't have to do that. We can just let God be glorified. We got to evaluate our methods. We've got to question our motivations. What are we doing with our lives? Who is being put on display? Who are we holding up as the answer? As with ancient Israel, with their reign, God of Baal, chirping in their ear, we've got the tangibility of social media cloud and cults of personality that's very alluring, especially right now in the world where the cult of Christian celebrity is so captivating. Because you can be famous and have impact at the same time. You can be effective and also have a following about you at the same time. And so we are caught within this world and we just manufacture enough success that people will finally notice us and see our value. And if people finally notice us and see our value that will bring the thunder. That will bring the transcendence. That will bring the difference. That is what is going to finally get the world to stand up and notice. And hear me, young people, young adults, whether you are a teenager that is aspiring to ministry or you're a young adult on a youth team, hear me, there is a chance in this culture where we are so driven to be noticed and to be seen where results in the concept of growth and success can actually eclipse God in your life and become an idol that you will serve at all costs and so values and identity and theology and discipleship will serve as secondary to the idol of success that you can build in your life so that you are seen. But I have come to preach in the time that I have left here today, that if you want to see a thunderous move of God in your life, if you want to see the power of God moving your church, if you want to see the kind of power that arrests the attention of an entire school or community or college campus, there is no room for you to be high and lifted up. There is no room for you to be on display. There is no room for you to be noticed and recognized and celebratized and made into a hero of the culture. There is no room for you. There can only be one that is high and lifted up. Praise God. I am here to remind you of an old truth. Despite all of the compelling voices, despite all of the pressures from your culture and your family despite the sophistication that I am thankful has arrived to our ministries and the blessing of our resources i'm here to remind you of a very simple truth that only god can bring the thunder only god and bring the transcendence and the awe and the power. The shock and awe of the apostolic church is the moving and the demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Let me make it real, only God can make you grow. Only God can gift you into the person that you need to be. You need to read, you need to work, you need to plan, you need to study, you need to block your calendar. I do all of those things, but hear me, only the Holy Spirit can gift you and turn you into the person that your community actually needs you to become. Only God can make your ministry grow, leaders. Only God can make your church grow. The kind of church that's talked about in the scripture Only God can bring that type of power where people are changed from lost into found, where people are turned from pagans into disciples, hear me, and the displays of glory and the displays of power that arrest the attention of the world, that can only come from God alone in any attempt to redirect glory from God unto yourself as an act of idol worship. See, the psalmist is trying to drive home this point in the scripture that Baal cannot make the rain come. That Baal cannot make real growth come. Yes, people can ascribe things to him, but the only one that can bring change and transformation, the only one that can shake the earth with its power is the power of God. Nothing you can manufacture. See, this psalm is it's jaw-dropping when you read it. It's almost terrifying in the display of supernatural authority. The voice of God is powerful. The voice of God is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaketh the cedars. Yeah, the Lord breaketh the cedars of Lebanon. That's a really interesting scripture. It's oddly specific. So I was like, why is this oddly specific? Well, the, the trees of Lebanon are, are the biggest ones around. And I was like, oh, that's cool. God, the voice of the Lord is able to, he's able to do really awesome things and that's neat. And I began to study and, and I realized that the forests of Lebanon were considered sacred to the gods the pagan religions that surrounded the nation of Israel. In fact, the legends of Canaan, and the legends of the pagan religion, the religions that sounded, surrounded Israel because Israel, like you, didn't live in a vacuum where everybody around you was apostolic and believed the same thing that you do. You live in a pagan world. You live in a world of competing values and ideas where there are multiple, multiple concepts of what truth is and what, what religion is and what pursuit of God looks like. And then there's even a whole bunch of people that believe it doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere enough. And, and Israel, like us, just lived in this weird day where everyone was believing everything. And, and one of the legends that surrounded them was that these trees of Lebanon were were used for the construction of the dwellings of the gods, and these forests were guarded, the legend said, by these supernatural monsters that you couldn't see. And In other words, these, in, in very pictorial and poetic terms, I'm not saying necessarily literally, but, these forests were the construction ground. They were the building ground for the strongholds of the other enemies or the other gods or the other pagan deities and spirits that were all around Israel at this time. And God is saying to the children of Israel, he's saying that the voice of God has the ability, every little piece of wood, every little thing that is used to build the structures of the spiritual and mental institutions title, strongholds that surround you. One word from the voice of God will shatter the strongholds of every pagan religion that is around you, hear me, what will break the spiritual strongholds and make the greatest impact in your community. It's not that you become successful, but that there is a word from heaven that comes to your school, that comes to your church, and God shreds the air and destroys the enemy for his name's sake. The voice of heaven breaks the strongholds. Hear me, all of our efforts, all of our programs, all of our methods are nothing more than throwing seed on dry ground, they're necessary, but they can't actually make anything grow. But when the voice of God thunders, the rain of the Spirit of God comes, And floods our efforts and all of a sudden our human efforts to do anything at all all of a sudden bear supernatural fruit everything we can do to program and everything we can do to plan and organize is nothing more than throwing seeds on a dry ground but when the voice of God comes and he breaks the strongholds in your school when the voice of God comes and he begins to do things in people's hearts and he begins to chip away at the walls they put up to your Witnessing and they put you against the chip away of the walls that are in their head towards what it means to be a spirit-filled Christian. When the voice of God begins to speak, and God begins to shred the air and begins to break down the strongholds in people's minds and hearts, all of a sudden your humble efforts will become extraordinarily powerful. Not because you were good, not because you were smart, but because the God of heaven. <laughs> Right now in Ontario, there's a 17-year-old young man who's been holding P7 clubs at his high school, like so many people in this room are, and he's had over 30 in attendance, which is, which is a really a force to be reckoned with, considering that the rights that are granted people in the United States to assemble are not granted to Canadians. In fact, we are actively blocked and resisted by school authorities, but he's been having over thirty, but more than that Ontario and our district has been holding our youth convention. You preach there, Brother Green, at a at a very large a very large church and this building seats over three thousand people. It's a massive Pentecostal assemblies of Canada, um, uh, uh, organizational church, and um, but they 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 have kind of drifted away from their Pentecostal moorings, and they certainly are not apostolic. But we don't know exactly how it happened. But we have been renting their building, and I saw on Facebook when I was when I was coming to the event here that Christian posted to his friends in a group or on a page for p seven people that are in Ontario. He asked for prayer because he is going back, a 17 year old high school senior is going back to this church to preach for the third time this month and they've asked him to come and preach once a month and into perpetuity, hear me. He is a son of immigrants from the Philippines. English is not his first language but because when God begins to move, he can use anybody, he will use anybody human efforts will have power praise God praise God see when the voice of God thunders the word on people's lips won't be have you seen what has happened Had this church the only name on their lips will be Jesus See, when the voice of God thunders from heaven, no one will say, look what we've done. Everyone will say, look at what the Lord has done. You may be asking today, what part do I play? Musicians, please, please come. I'm going to hurry to a close. What part do we play? What part do I have in this than Adam if my methods and if my efforts if they don't bring the thunder if they don't bring the change and if I put too, if I put too much, if I put too much in them, then I, I may replace God for growth. And I chase an intangible thing that cannot produce spiritual transformation in me or in anybody I serve. It only comes from the Lord. It only comes from God. Well, what can I do at all? Because I still have this innate longing that you identified at the beginning of your message. I still have this innate longing to matter. I still want to make a difference. I still want to behold God's power. In fact, everything you said that God could do, his voice can redeem, his voice can break strongholds, his voice can turn hearts around, his voice can open doors up for high school seniors to preach in megachurches, in non-Christian countries, because God is that powerful and only he can bring the thunder. So what do I do? What do I do? David told us before he ever got into the details. In verse one, he says, Give unto the Lord, O ye mighty, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord glory, do unto his name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. And verse nine says, And everyone in his temple, or in his temple doth everyone Speak of his glory. In other translations, they said everyone in the temple shouts glory. What are we to do? We're to give him our strength. That means you're to work harder than you've ever worked. But more importantly, this repetitive phrase of give God glory, I mean, how can you give anyone glory? That can speak and shatter the biggest trees that anyone has ever seen. How do you do that? I believe David was trying to redirect hearts and minds that when they went to their farmland and they saw the green shoots start to come up out of the dirt and the seasons would pass and all of a sudden the harvest would be ready to come that they wouldn't stand on the boundaries of their property and slap one another on the back and say man didn't we ever do a good job I mean we were up before the sun was up and you've worked harder than you've ever worked and I know I've worked harder than I've ever worked look look at what we did together David was trying to Get people to not do that, so that when the rain would come and it would fall on the ground and the crops would grow and the lightning would streak across the sky, and despite the fact they had been working 12 hours a day, sun up to sundown to reap a harvest, as they would sit around the dinner table and they would recount the stories of how much they had been able to get from the land, they would not applaud themselves. They would not speak of their efforts, but they would give God the glory and the credit. What can we do beyond our efforts and our discipline and our passion? It's simply to get to a place in our life where any fruit that is born from our ministry, any souls that are discipled, any growth in our churches, any people that have been reached, we get to a place where we accept no credit for anything that happens and say, God, all the glory goes to you. I don't care how long you've worked. I don't care how much you've created. Everything that's in your hands is His. Uh, I see the resistance in our hearts is somehow that if we don't get noticed or recognized and if no one sees what will it be worth what will we be worth we have to get that paradigm out of our head if we're going to see the hand of God fall. Brother Green talked about us moving away from a competitive mindset when it gets to the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. There's no my kingdom. There's no your kingdom. There's no my ministry. There is no your ministry. There is only one kingdom and this kingdom only has one king and anything that happens through my hands, I have had nothing to do with. It comes from the glory and the power of God brings the thunder and one last point if we'll give him the thunder, if we'll give him the credit I should say, if we'll worship him if we'll shout glory, if we'll praise him if we refuse to accept any of the thanks for the things that he has done or has done through us verse 11 verse 11 flips the whole thing says the Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. And here's what God spoke to me early, early this morning when I was trying to put together the clothes of my thought. and I was like, God, I am to preach to a whole bunch of amazing young people that it's God that brings growth. It's God that brings revival to youth pastors and youth leaders. That it's God who brings the thunder. There is nothing that we can do that can bring spiritual transformation in the world. And so God, what what is the hope? What is the faith? That What is the invitation I can give to people so that they will want to give God more of themselves so that he can do something with their life. And he directed my mind to verse 11. And it says, the Lord will give strength unto his people. Let me ask you, for the previous 10 verses, who is the one that's doing all of the work? Who is the one that's displaying all of the power? Who is the one that's making the thunder and the trees explode? It is the Lord. And God spoke to my heart and said Of my people, can never get to the place where they don't matter in their own eyes anymore, where they're no longer willing to prove themselves to the world, and they don't care who sees or who notices they just want his power to be on display God told me to tell you that he will share some of his power with you and God directed me to the book of Mark where Jesus says if you'll have faith as of the size, the size of a grain of mustard seed that you proper place, God will take some stand all over this room. God will take the power that he uses to split the strongholds, to weaken the enemy. God will take the authority that he alone wields, that makes things grow. when a generation of young people will get to the place and say, God, I am no longer going to try to prove myself to anyone anymore. I just want your glory to be on display. That's when God will start moving and he'll grab high school seniors and he will say, let me open up doors so you can speak in some of the largest church buildings in southwestern Ontario. He'll take college students and you'll fill your mouth with prophetic words and you'll speak on your campus and God will do things there are people right now there are teenagers in my home district that you will never ever know their name but they are filling their high school classrooms they are filling their high school gymnasiums they are preaching and non apostolic churches because they've gotten to the place that says I don't care who sees who knows God you bring the thunder when you get to that place that's when God will take the authority that he holds in heaven and he'll drop it into your hands in the next few moments There is going to be an impartation of anointing. There's going to be an impartation of power that is going to come and settle over your life. In a few moments, God is going to drop authority into you that you have never had and never held in your life. And God is going to use you to do things that when everyone sees what happens, they will say, look what the Lord has done in a few moments that will happen. But I feel in the spirit that that moment is not right yet. What has to happen right now in this room is there has to be a rending of our heart a repentance in our soul where we are willing to lose ourselves and we are willing to lose our identity and we are willing to no longer matter And after we have prayed, I want you to hear me, after we have prayed, there is going to come an authority that will come into this room and come into your life unlike you have ever seen before. And God will do great wonders, but right now in this room, we've gotta get rid of every last little bit of resistance to be seen. Every last bit of faith that we have in ourselves, our talents, our abilities, this is what God has been leading my life through over the past few weeks. I wonder if we could bow our heads right now. We're going to open this altar in a moment, but right now where you're seated, I want you to begin to talk to God. That's it. Look, I know this is an uncomfortable moment, but that's fine. That's fine. We're butting up against the greatest hindrance to God using us in this generation. Some of you need to start praying, God, I'm going to stop trying to prove myself to everyone else around me. Some of you need to start saying, God, I'm going to stop trying to get on the platform so that people can finally see my value. And I'm going to let you just do whatever you want with my life. There may be young leaders in this room where you desire secretly, you desire that the effectiveness and the fruitfulness of your ministry will finally let all of those that don't like you or that have spoken against you, it will finally shut their mouth. Let me tell you what, you've got to give that over to God right now. God is getting ready to anoint and empower a generation. He's getting ready to use people like he's never used them before. But we've got to get to the moment where we say, God, you bring the thunder. God bring the glory. I don't have to be mentioned at all. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the Rush Student Ministry Podcast.